Would you turn with me this morning in your Bibles to the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew? First chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. I want you to stand with me. Would you mind standing again? I know you up and down a lot, but let's stand for Jesus as we read God's Word. Because I want us to think about this is the Word of God and what a profound Word it is. You'll never find any, any greater story of God than right here that we're going to read. May you ask the Spirit to open your heart to really believe it and trust Him as never before. Beginning at verse 18, let's read together. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Please be seated. What a wonderful Christmas message God has brought us. I pray that God would help me echo what he says, that I would, I'm, I'm only an instrument that God would use. I pray that he would, though marred and cracked so much I am, I pray that God would use me as a vessel of mercy to rejoice with you about the, the mightiness of God and his mercy manifested in the incarnation. You see, the incarnation is the very foundation of Christianity. What it means is Jesus has to be flesh. He has to be flesh so he can have blood that would be shed for our sins so that he could live among people like us that are sinners, though he was not a sinner, never committed a sin, so that his body, his human body, could be a substitute for ours on the cross of Calvary. Now he also had to be divine. Otherwise he couldn't provide that perfect sacrifice. See, God requires that. God does not wink at sin. God does not grade us on a curve. We have to be perfect, just as he is perfect. And the incarnation assures us that is exactly the way it is. Did you know that you have been made accepted in the beloved, Jesus, by the incarnation, by the sacrifice of the perfect one on the cross, Jesus Christ. He had to be born, though, to take on all of that. And so God set that up in his plan. And what a blessing we have now to share that this most precious time of the year. I want to talk about the Christmas spirit. 
We've been dealing with the theme from the angels. Angelic anthems bringing the Christmas spirit. And um, we've looked at the supernatural spirit that the angel brought Zacharias regarding the birth of John the Baptist. And you remember Zacharias doubted that. God doesn't like doubt. He really doesn't. And you remember Zacharias had not, wasn't able to talk. He became dumb for six months or so because God, through the angel, said, you got to believe me, trust me. You have the audacity to question God. God is supernatural. God is way, way more than we can ever imagine. And then last week, we tried to deal with this submissive spirit of the Virgin Mary, understanding her virginity, knowing that she had not known a man, yet being told by God through the angel there, the same angel, that she would, in fact, have a son and that he would be conceived by the Holy Spirit. She didn't understand it, but she come to resolve and saying, so be it, Lord. May it be done until your hand may. May God give us that submissive spirit. Today, though, I want to talk about a simple spirit. A simple spirit. And I think that is manifest so vividly here in this part of the scriptures. You know the word simple, when I first thought of that, I said, well, you know, that is somebody that doesn't know much or somebody that's incomplete. No, simple means in its purest form. That's what simple means. We need to be able to live a simple life. We have so much clutter and worry. We are doubting God way too much. I pray that God this Christmas would give us a simple spirit. A simple spirit. Joseph was a simple man. He was a blue-collar guy, so to speak. A carpenter. He was though a godly man. You know, God says in Psalms 116 that he preserves the simple. God says in Psalm 19 regarding his word in verse 7. He said that this word of God that we just stood and heard read is a, a word that is so powerful that he makes wise the simple. I pray that God would help us now to understand that the wisdom God gives us begins with fearing him and believing him. And every time these angels had to tell the encounters they had with humans, fear not. And I pray that God would help us to see that as we come into encounter a holy God. God is holy and so complicated, but he's called us as simple to, to believe him and to trust him and to live one day at a time. And I pray that God would help us do that today. I want to try to say three things that I think these verses teach us from Matthew 18 through 25. You know, there's a lot of accounts in Scripture of great miracles, even in births. You know, when you think about Isaac and uh, Samson and uh, Samuel and John the Baptist, we studied a while back, uh, all those are miracles, but nothing like the birth of Jesus Christ. A pregnant virgin. Now, think about what Joseph is having to deal with. Joseph is in kind of a, between a rock and a hard place, if you will. See, we find out Joseph is a just man. He's a righteous man. 
He's a man that believes in God. He's tried to live for God. But he's in a point in life that, you know what? I don't know what to do, God. I mean, he's looking for light and dark. We've been there, haven't we? I mean, you know, you, you go past the road and you say, I know I should have took that road. You look back on your life and you say, I wish I'd have made that turn or this, that. And we see our mistakes and our failures. And, and so Joe, Joseph is called. He, here he's a just man. And something tells him because of his moral aptitude, you know, I shouldn't marry this girl. This girl's going to have a baby. And that baby's not mine. I can't do it. And then he's, he's struggling with the fact that, you know what? Um, I love this girl. I love her. And, and I don't want her to be shamed. The penalty be, for becoming pregnant without a marriage in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy is death by stoning. Joseph knew that. And he loved Mary so much. And so he was in a dilemma. Now see, they were already betrothed in their marriage, in the Jewish custom of marriage. We talked about this last week. I want to reiterate it just for a moment. It's a picture of salvation in itself. See, the parents planned the weddings then, and so they had arranged that marriage between Joseph and Mary. And what happens, a, a betrothal, so to speak, there was two stages of that marriage, a betrothal and the ceremony. And a lot of times it would be at least a year between the betrothal and the ceremony. But the betrothal was where the, 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 the bridal price or dowry was paid. It was paid. It was paid by the, by the father normally of the bride. And so that solidified the, the marriage arrangement. They were as good as marriage. Married, okay? But they did not come together. We see that in the scriptures. That they didn't know her. They didn't have an intimate sexual relationship before their, their marriage ceremony, okay? And so we see that in that scripture. So we see this waiting period where God is testing and God is trying. And that's a, that's a, a point that we need to reiterate. God is very, very serious about abstinence uh, sexual abstinence uh, outside of marriage and fidelity within marriage. Now that means something to God. It ought to mean something to you and me. But it's confusing in the world because we have so much um, pressure. We have so much of our feelings involved. And we want to complicate things and we get ourselves in a mess. When we need to say, God, how do you want it to be? Joseph is in this situation. He's in a situation where he's confused. He's in the darkness. He don't know what to do. He doesn't. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes. I want to talk to you today about a simple spirit. It's a Christmas spirit. And the Christmas spirit is the Holy Spirit. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit, there's no way we can have the Christmas Spirit. Do not let your common sense push aside the Holy Spirit giving you supernatural sense. What happened to Joseph happens to us because we too are in situations that we get confused. It may be in a hospital room, in the waiting room. It may be on the 
side of a road in an accident. It might be in the grass, as we look down at the grass at a cemetery. It might be those things. But you can be sure if you want to do what's right. And I believe you do. Joseph did. Even though it doesn't make sense, it doesn't have any correlation with my plans. This is not working out, Lord, like I wanted. But, oh God, I am here to say, help me. And God sends the Holy Spirit. God sends the angel at that point when Joseph was in a great dilemma. And God will send that to you and me. When we get to that point, when we can't figure it out, and we didn't have to back up and just simply say, Oh God, thy will be done, not mine. Because here's the way God clears up our confusion. Obedience. When we obey God, then things become clear. Do not think you're going to be able to try to figure God out before you do something. That's not going to ever work. God says we're to live by faith and not by sight. And God will bless us as we live simply, one day at a time, one breath at a time, one thought at a time, trusting God and all the things that he gives us. Well, the three things I wanted to say, I'm talking about a simple spirit. I pray God could help us have that. God says so much about that. I could try to talk a long time about it. I don't have time. You know, giving, we find in the book of Romans, we're to give with a spirit of simplicity. Our obedience is simplicity. Jesus teaches us to pray. I don't have to remind you of the childlikeness, the simplicity that Jesus says in such is the kingdom of heaven. My goodness, we try to complicate things so much, don't we? We ought not to. We ought to just say, God, I'm just a man or a woman, and oh God, I just need you, and I just simply, Lord, want to trust you and bless you, holy name, and serve you in simplicity and in truth. Well, the first thing I can see that we say is that this Christmas spirit, this simple spirit, has a simple source. And that source is the Holy Spirit, okay? Without the Holy Spirit, your life can get awfully complicated. But the Holy Spirit puts the working bridges on believers, okay? So we're working out because unless that Holy Spirit gets inside us, that's the greatest gift God gives us. It comes with the eternal life. And it is so great and so amazing. We ought to thank God for it right now. But in verse 20, look at it. But while he thought on these things, that's Joseph, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. And here's why. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, my friends, 17 verses before this in Matthew 1, God explains the human genealogy of Jesus Christ. 17 verses. Now that's important, as I said, because Jesus had to have flesh. One verse, simply, by the authority of the Holy Spirit, says that this baby would be conceived by the Holy Spirit. My friends, that is a miracle. That is the Christmas spirit. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus 
is the Son of God. It is critical that you do. That is the very thing, though, that caused the people and the Jews particularly to hate Jesus because he claimed to be the Son of God. Who do you say Jesus is? Is he the Son of God or is he not? I'm going to tell you that will separate the cults. That will separate the confusion. Now either Jesus is the Son of God or he's not. Now you settle that today before you leave this house and you will be able to live more simply, more steadfastly, more securely. And God will notify you of his approval of it because he will give you peace. Do you have peace in your life? When you have peace in your life, you have the Holy Spirit. Common sense is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Common sense is a gift God gives to humanity. But the Holy Spirit is supernatural. And so God gives us that to understand here's the source. Here's where it starts. Here's the very source of the impregnation of the Virgin Mary. Now see, man's always coming up with ways to doubt, you know. You can figure out ways to doubt everything probably. And uh, I found out there's a, a biological term, a scientific term called uh, parthe parthenogenesis, if I'm pronouncing it right. What it means is there are forms of life that do not need a male or need sperm to multiply or to regenerate. Uh, most of this like honeybees or ants, lower forms of life. That happens. It's been proven that it does. It, however, does not apply to humans because the human embryo, the human egg, requires the sperm to give it to genetic direction. This parthogenesis does happen in humans, I read, but it always results in tumors. It does not resent, result in life, okay? So we need to see that and bless that because the Holy Spirit is who gives the genetic direction to the humanity of Jesus. That's what makes him God. It's never happened before. It'll never happen again. God did that for you and me so that we can have salvation. But it's a simple source, and God says it simply that he gives it to us. And in Galatians 4.4, Kai read that in a scripture reading. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Born of a woman. Doesn't say anything about a father. Joseph was the foster dad, maybe, but God is the father of Jesus. So it's a simple source. Secondly, I want you to know that Jesus is a simple savior. Jesus is a savior that promoted the poor man's gospel. You got it? Christianity, the truth of the gospel. It's not that you have to go through a test or take a course to pass it. It is simply, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that he died for your sins? You don't have to be a member of a church. You don't have to be in a particular society. It doesn't matter whether your skin is black, red, green, white, or spotted. What it matters is, who is Jesus? Do you see Jesus as a treasure in your life above all else? My friends, that is a simple Savior. In verse 21, he says, And she shall bring forth a son, 
and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Isn't Jesus a simple name? What if God had named his son Mephibosheth, you know, or Jedekiah, or Methuselah? Jesus. Don't you say Jesus a lot during the day? I do. It's just so easy to say. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus means Jehovah saves. Just simple. You know, Jesus came in, in a kind of an obscure place. He, he was a carpenter's son. He didn't make a big do out of things. And you know what? You're going to find, and you already know, the people in your life, I'm talking about humans, that make the most difference in your life are simple people. You know? You think about it. Maybe it's some grandmother that passed away years ago, or a grandfather, or some friend. They're not going to be so fancy and, and fluty. They're going to be just simple what you call salt of the earth, people that just live and give and serve God. I mean, you know what? Jesus, the simple Savior, you know, he says this. He says so many simple statements that the disciples and even us try to confuse and make complicated. I believe there's some people that just love drama. They're going to just make it drama, everything in their life. Some kind of way of life. Jesus said, listen, look at the birds. See how they fly. Jesus said, look at the lilies. See how they grow. Simple thoughts, okay? Now you think about that. Jesus said, don't worry. See, that's what happens. We complicate our life. You think about the sun and the moon and the stars. They just be. That's all they are. But look at their ministry. Why, even the wise men had to see a star to follow them to the direction of God. Simple things will lead you to God. Don't you ever forget that. Simple things. Just understand that's how God deals with life. And God came to Joseph. And God didn't, Joseph kids, well, God might have thought, well, I don't think this is the way that your son ought to be. Born in a stable. Do not try to tell God how his son ought to be displayed in your life. You hear me? Don't try to tell God that. You just take Jesus wherever God leads you. And if that means going to Bethlehem, you pack it up and go, Okay? That's what God is saying. Simply, a simple Savior. His name is Jesus, born of a virgin Mary, had a foster daddy by the name of Joseph, lived in this world 30 some odd years, and he lived simply. But he said, just look at that lily. You know, just bloom where you planted. A lot of us don't want to grow where we planted. We we'll always want to move about. Our life gets so cluttered. We've got to have all these things. No wonder things are so complicated. In John chapter 9, there's a verse I wanted to share with you. You don't have to turn there, but you sure can. John chapter 9 is a good chapter to turn to when you're thinking about Jesus being a simple Savior. Because I'm going to tell you, there's nothing more important in your life and mine than salvation. You hear me? Salvation. Eternal salvation. 
He says right here in John first chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou, dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Now, my point in bringing you and me to this plate of Scripture, what we're talking about is Jesus, a simple Savior. Here's a man that was cast out. People don't want anything to do with him. I want you to understand that your guilt, your sins, does not separate you from Jesus. Once you understand that and you trust him, you take it to him because Jesus, the simple Savior, came to save Simple sinners, whether you have a lot of them or just a few, it doesn't matter. He came to die for them and he did that. And so our sins are forgiven. So we don't need to be quibbling about who we are or what we've done. What we need to focus on is to be simple and understanding who is Jesus. That's what he says. This man says, Jesus said to believe on him. He responded in verse 36 and said, who is he? The man didn't say, who am I? Lots of times that's how we complicate our salvational fellowship with God. You know, well, who am I? I haven't had this experience. I haven't did this or that. I've done this. I've messed up. I've did all this. No, you say, who is God? Who is Jesus? If you can answer that question, my friends, you, have, you can climb the mountain. You can get to where God wants you to go. And you're bringing Jesus with you. Because Jesus says that he's greater than all. So you answer that, who is he? Not who are you. Who is Jesus? It doesn't matter. Jesus matters. Black lives don't matter. White lives don't matter. Green lives don't matter. Or anything in between. The manner of life is Jesus. Who is he? You get to that point and you will be in the Christmas spirit. And it will take the Holy Spirit to get you there. But when you do, you thank him. He's such a wonderful Savior. May the Lord bless us. I tell you what, if you're in a boat somewhere and that ship is sinking and you're going to drown and somebody sends a lifeboat, are you going to get in that boat? I mean, will that boat get you to the shore? If that boat has a leak in it, does no good to get in it. Who is he? He's a savior we can trust. That's my point. Trust him. He will get us to the shore. Get in the boat. Bless him and bless his holy name. Now, lastly, um, from this text, what have we tried to say? We're talking about a simple spirit. That's what I want us to see. All right? Where we got a simple source, it's the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God. But when you get in that simple spirit, your life will not be confused. Why? Because God said, Jesus said, when we believe in him, we have a river within us that's like a, a, a water flowing. Okay? That is, that is a serenity of the Holy Spirit being our source. Because God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to get you up and start you without completing the course. He is not the halfway God. He is going to provide your needs. 
What we need to do is simply trust him, believe him. We need to see our Lord as a simple Savior. It's not complicated. There's not a lot of hoops to drop, jump through. We need to understand that we're sinners and that we desperately need saving. And Jesus has done that. That's what he came to do. And he has done that in the incarnational way. He's God and he's man. So he, we can get in his boat and he will take us to God because he says, without me, you can do nothing. He says, no one comes to the Father but by him. That's Jesus. That simple Jesus. Do you know him? Do you believe him? And then thirdly and lastly, a simple solution. You know the solution to all our problems? Jesus Christ. It's solution. I mean, it's a simple solution. You know what Joseph did? Here's, here's Joseph. We start off, he's in a dilemma. Look what he says in verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took a to him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You know what? Briefly, what in a nutshell, what Joseph did, he's obeyed God. I mean, that is solution. If you're out there trying to wonder what how the world's treating you, if somebody likes you, if you not things not working out, you know what? What we need to do is obey God. Are you obeying God? Are there some sin in your life you need to forsake and repent of? Is it or not? You know it too. I'm not going to tell me you don't, you do. But don't you think that you're going to fool God, okay? What you need to do is obey God. And you don't wait till you feel like doing it. You say, God, I'm going to obey you now. That's what Joseph did. You got to do like Abraham. Abraham in Genesis 22, God says, I want you to take your son, Isaac, and I want you to take him to the top of that mountain, and I want you to kill him. What did Abraham do? Galatians 1.16 said he conferred not with flesh and blood. He says in Genesis 22 that he rose up early in the morning and he took his son. Why? Because he was obeying God. I think sometimes we won't obey everybody but God. And you can be sure this world does not have any solutions. You look at the world today, every solution. I've never seen in my life any more pain remedies than is advertised on TV. I've never seen more ways to improve your life than things on TV. Make you sleep better. Make you look better. But you can be sure of this. The solutions that man creates are for making money. The reason that we haven't been able to find the final remedy for COVID-19, you know why I believe? The remedy is too simple. People want to complicate it. And it'll never go away until the next election, in my opinion. It never will. Why? Because the solution is, I want my agenda. Here's the deal, my friends. You can't serve God and yourself. You can't. You will be complicated all your life. You will be scattered. You will not know which ends up. You will be like a, a termite in a wooden yo-yo. You will be just that confused. We need to settle down and understand, simply put, that the solution is in Jesus. God sent him this. I heard a man that's supposed to know what he's talking about last night say, this uh, Omicron variant of COVID is the greatest blessing that we've ever had. Why? Because it is a, 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 a gentler version. It's going to be quick. It's going to spread fast. But it's going to be less damaging. It's going to cause more uh, what is called so-called herd immunity. 
God, see, sends remedies. Man wants solutions to make money. The reason these, these remedies go away so quick on the verge of making a headway is because somebody's not going to make enough money on that. <laughs> We're going to change that remedy. And that, that's how the world works. Jesus, though, is the simple solution. The Spirit of God. May God help us to trust Him and bless Him, holy name, in our way. Because that's the way it is. And God has put it that way in our life. You know, the Emmanuel that we have in Christ is knowing that He's with us. That's the solution to everything. If God is for us, who can be against us? The birth of the Lord Jesus Christ reiterates the assurance that we believers ought to have that God is with us. That He is carrying forth His covenant and blessing us in that way. May the Lord bless you and me today to have the Christmas spirit, a simple spirit, this Christmas. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me? Lord, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for giving us your spirit. We pray that you would forgive us for neglecting so great a salvation. Lord, make us simple this Christmas. Make us see the simplicity of your salvation. Help us not to try to figure it all out, but just simply crawl up in your lap. Trust your love and mercy and your almightiness, your wisdom and your sovereignty. We thank you, Lord, for the comfort that you give us for giving us such a sweet and precious Savior. May we ever honor and glorify him that we would never complain whatever circumstances you send us are only the situations that we can be like Joseph and obey you, God, even against our own feelings and common sense, knowing that when we do, you will open up your way to us. May the Lord bless us. Thank you, Lord, for this time you've given us together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.